Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 173 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Colossians chapter 3 today and our focus is on the attitude and personality of a real Christ follower. So as I always say, every day we dig into one chapter of the Bible a day, five days a week, like today we're in the New Testament, two days a week, like tomorrow and the next day, we're in the Old Testament, and our whole goal of the show is to encourage you to hear the Word of God, to listen to it, and to obey it. I want to point you to our website, Bible2021.com. You can read show notes there, a complete transcript of every episode You can share the show there with your friends and neighbors, and you can subscribe to the show, which I encourage you to do. So what defines a person who is a Christian? If you'd ask me when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I probably would have said something very moralistic, I think. Something like, well, a Christian doesn't say bad words or do bad things, and they go to church, and they read the Bible, and they obey their parents. I probably would have said something like that. I might have said that they're also missionaries, because I was a huge missionary fan back in the day. My answer probably wouldn't have been completely and utterly inaccurate, but neither would it have captured the real essence of what kind of attitude and personality a genuine Christian should have. In a world where people are constantly encouraged to be themselves, God's word calls followers of Christ to really a much higher standard than that. There are attitudes and behaviors and responses and reactions that we are to put on like a pair of jeans or a t-shirt, and there are attitudes and behaviors and responses and reactions that Christians must kill and put far away from us. I once heard a wonderfully challenging message on this theme that was entitled, Others Can, You Can't. It was based on 2 Timothy 2, 3-4, which says, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. So, we're supposed to be soldiers of Jesus. And hear me, not because we're warlike, the very opposite as we'll see in a minute, but because we answer to a commanding officer and we must follow his orders wholeheartedly. And that means that a Christian is called to behave in a certain way, respond to critics and criticism in a certain way, respond to persecution and unfairness in a certain way, respond to bad drivers who honk at us and give us the finger in a certain way, react to trials and tragedies in a certain way, and act in a certain way towards people who are our enemies or our bosses who don't like us or who are our co-workers that give us a hard time. Paul is going to give us a clear and succinct description of these sorts of attitudes, behaviors, responses, and reactions that you and I are supposed to have as followers of Jesus. And I imagine some of them will surprise you. And honestly, if they don't surprise you, they're at least going to challenge you because they certainly, most certainly challenge me. Well, let's read our passage. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 in the English Standard Version. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming, and these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful." Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are suffering, serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, And there is no partiality. So often these days, I see militant Christians online, and I mean militant in the sense that they are warlike. They post and speak as if they are at war with the sinful culture around them or with Christians around them who are compromising or twisting the truth or twisting or something like that. Somehow, some way, these militant Christians have focused in on a certain group of people and that group of people is doing the wrong thing. And so they're after them using sharp words, angry phrases, sarcastic rejoinders, and biting criticism. They launch into their enemies repeatedly online. Sometimes these enemies are churches that are in their view, sliding towards liberalism or progressivism. Sometimes those enemies are political persons or politicians, and sometimes those enemies are lost people who don't have a transformed heart and mind and are therefore largely incapable of following God's commands. I cringe when I see these militant Christians of any stripe in their behavior for two reasons. Number one, I know I have that in me. I could be an acerbic and biting polemicist. I could be a person who writes and records messages that just are focused on tearing down people and and attacking people that I don't agree with. I have it in me to be sharp-tongued, critical, and biting. 
But that's not part of the Jesus way. It's not part of the Jesus nature. I have to, says Paul in this passage, I have to put off those old attitudes of the flesh. And you do too. We're not allowed to behave that way towards really anybody. Instead, as Paul says here, we must put on compassion, kindness, humility, and patience. We must put on peace and forgiveness and long-suffering. And most of all, we must put on love. Love for everyone, even our enemies, even those who persecute us. Not only that, we're we're supposed to kill certain attitudes. In other words, we're supposed to remove from our responses, behaviors, and reactions certain things like anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. All of these are disallowed for anybody that's in Christ in just the same way as sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, and greed are disallowed. A Christian who has been transformed by Christ must not and cannot and will not walk in a lifestyle that engages in angry and bitter feuds with people online or in person, nor will a Christian be one who is constantly spouting criticism and condemnation. I see people online from time to time. They call themselves Christian polemicists, Christian attack writers. They call themselves watch bloggers and discernment bloggers. And it seems like the contents of the entire ministry is just attacking other believers. And yes, I know sometimes we need to be warned about groups that are deviating from the Bible. But when you make your entire mission to criticize other believers, even if you start out in the right heart attitude, it's very difficult to end in the right attitude because we're not called to put on those sorts of things. We're called to put on love and peace and forgiveness and long-suffering. Now, how do we deal then with people who are wrong? Do we just kind of uh, put our head under their sand and not say anything and, you know, let God sort it out? Well, not really. We're actually told quite clearly in passages like 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25, how to deal with people who are wrong. Paul says there, the Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone. Now, who is everyone? Everyone. The liberal pastor you're disagreeing with, and I have some in my newsfeed that I disagree with. The, the, the liberal movement or the, or the, or the movement that follows this politician or that politician too much or too little, or the group that has this attitude that's wrong or that attitude that's wrong, or the truth, the, the group or the pastor or the leader that's not holding firmly enough to this or that truth or whatever. The thing about it is, We are called in the word of God to be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. So who changes hearts? Do your sharp words and biting sarcasm and attacking sentences, did they change hearts? No, Paul says maybe God will grant them repentance. Our words, my friends, especially when they're angry and pointed, do not change hearts. They don't change minds. They don't change people. They just alienate them more. Thus, as we've repeated time and time again, a follower of Jesus is called to speak truth boldly, but to do so gently, humbly, patiently, with kindness and surrounded with love. We never compromise truth and we never compromise our delivery of truth. 
Truth delivered with anger, wrath, and slander is like a refreshing cup of cold water delivered with fecal matter floating around in it. Thirsty people desperately need water, but nobody wants water that has disgusting nastiness floating around in it. They will reject that water even though they need it. Likewise, the world needs the truth of the gospel. The world needs the teachings of Jesus. But if that truth and those teachings are delivered with anger and slander and attacking and delivered in a way devoid of gentleness and love, then that truth will be thoroughly rejected even though it's desperately needed. And yes, I will agree that Truth will be rejected by many in the world, even if it is delivered with kindness and gentleness. Many people rejected Jesus, but his attitudes and his behavior and his reactions never got in the way of the good news, and nor must our attitudes and behaviors and reactions. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse of the month as I step down off of my soapbox. It's Daniel chapter 6, verse 23. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the lion's den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. And friends, as we seek to engage a world that desperately needs the gospel of Jesus, and as we seek to engage in people that are embracing this error and that error, and as we seek to engage each other, let's remember to be gentle and kind and loving and patient. Good day to you, and Godspeed.